Welcome into Locked On Phillies. In today's episode, I have a very special look back at the past couple months of Philadelphia sports, all Philadelphia sports, and how a winning culture in a city can breed success in multiple areas. It's going to be a fun one on today's Locked On Phillies. You are Locked On Phillies. Your daily Philadelphia Phillies podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Yes, this is Locked On Phillies. I am your host, Connor Thomas. Uh, you know the spiel. Been talking Phil's baseball for years. 97.5 The Fanatic on the radio, NBC Sports Philadelphia on television. Credentialed Philadelphia Phillies media member and happy to be here with you as your host of Locked on Phillies, your number one spot for Philadelphia Phillies daily content. I want to thank you for making Locked on Phillies your first listen every day. We are indeed free and available wherever you get your podcasts, YouTube, Odyssey app, all that good stuff. You know where to find us. If you don't, well, you just heard it. Go ahead and check it out. If you're not watching on YouTube, man, it's a great watch. As uh, in addition to, I was going to say as opposed to, but no, in addition to a listen, a great listen, also a great watch. If I do say so myself, today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. And today, got an awesome episode for you. You know what? It's not exactly locked on Phillies. And I'm going to try and keep it Philly-centric because I know you're here because you're a Philadelphia Phillies fan. And I know there are folks that exist out there that are, hey, I'm a fan of the Phillies, but I'm Pittsburgh for everything else. Or I, I don't know. I like the Texas Rangers and the Philadelphia Phillies and the New York Islanders and the Green Bay Packers. And there's pick-and-choose fans. There's some that are all Philadelphia except for one team that – I I get it. So maybe you're not totally invested in Philadelphia sports in general. So I'm going to keep it focused on the Philadelphia Phillies as much as possible. But with the Eagles earning a berth to Super Bowl Bowl 57, and with what's been going on in Philadelphia sports for the past couple of months, I think it's important to talk about the culture in the city and how it affects the Philadelphia Phillies and how it affects this fan base and this city in total and what the mood of this city is. Because I know not everyone who listens to this is in the city and gets a chance to feel the vibes of this fan base and maybe only make it to one game a year. Maybe you don't even. Maybe your fandom is simply watching. I I talked to someone on the radio the other day that was a Canadian fan of Philadelphia sports, and he lived in Sydney, Australia. That guy never gets to go to games. But, hey, if you're like that and you're far away, I want to give you a taste of what the city's been like over the past couple months. So where we're going to start is we're going to start talking about the team success and what's going on and, and how it breeds more success. Next segment, we're going to talk about the coaches in this town and how special it is with where they are and what they're doing to affect their superstar players. And we're going to wrap up with a little look at some executives as well. But a lot of fun stuff as far as Philly becoming the city of winners, but sadly not yet the city of champions. So I'll take you back to October because that's really when it started. I I guess maybe it even started before October, but the Philadelphia Phillies were making a bit of a push for the playoffs. And prior to that, well, the Eagles had made the playoffs the year before, but they got knocked out in the wild card round against Tampa Bay and didn't have a great showing. The Sixers were coming off another second round exit. And while they hadn't really gotten into the swing of their season yet, you're looking at a team that has playoff struggles. The Phillies were in the midst of a 
decade-plus-long playoff drought, and the Flyers didn't have much prospect to be anything worth watching this season. They haven't competed for a Stanley Cup in forever, and they haven't won one in forever-plus longer. So, yeah, it wasn't the best stretch of time in Philadelphia. The only thing we really clung on to was five years ago, the Eagles won the Super Bowl. That, that's about all we really, really had to hold to our name, and that was getting further and further away. Even though now that we look back on it, we're like, okay, wow, they've gone two times in five years knowing the Eagles are there now. It, it was a it was a substantial dry spell for Philadelphia sports with only one real bright spot, a, a pretty darn bright spot. That bright spot might, might as well have been the sun, but still. And the Phillies got you started by going ahead and breaking through and ending that decade-long playoff drought. And then they go on a run, just an absolute magical run. And you see Citizens Bank Park like you haven't seen it in years, in decade-plus worth of years. Uh, just rally towels. Now, we can't do the white rally towels anymore because it affects the vision of the baseball, but red rally towels all over the place. The place is packed. It's as loud as I've heard it, maybe ever. It was an unbelievable run. And you know what? At the same time, people start picking up on the Philadelphia Union. And I know people don't care about soccer all that much here in the United States. And the MLS is certainly lower on the totem pole than the NHL and the NFL and the NBA and Major League Baseball, which is what we primarily talk about here on Locked on Phillies. But they make it to a championship and catch a little bit of the uh, the focus of the city, more the dedicated fans who want to latch on to anything and everything Philadelphia sports. But they capture a little bit. And unfortunately, they fell short. But as they're falling short, the Phillies are on a miraculous run to the World Series. And they're taking down the St. Louis Cardinals, who had two MVP candidates. You're taking down the 100-plus win Braves who won your division, who are the defending World Series champions. Uh, You're going and you're taking down the San Diego Padres, who had beaten the 100-plus win Dodgers, who were the best in the West, who looked like they were poised to make a run to the World Series themselves, Juan Soto and... Uh, that acquisition and everything going on over there. And they've got a talented roster and really good pitchers. You take them down and then you're facing off against the Astros and you come within two games of winning the World Series. What a run. And that really invigorated the city. And the whole time as they're making that run, well, the Eagles, kind of out of the corner of our eye, we're looking and saying, hey, the Eagles are pretty darn good. They're still undefeated at this point. They hadn't lost to the Washington Commanders as the Philadelphia Phillies were making their run. And the Phillies' run turns into... Well, hey, let's turn our attention. Now, they came up a little bit short. Let's turn our attention fully to the birds. And then the Eagles make uh, the run that we all knew they were capable of. And they end up running through the Niners or the Giants first in the divisional round and the Niners in the championship game this past Sunday. And now they're heading to the Super Bowl. And it marks three straight major North American sports that a Philadelphia team has been in the championship for. It's incredible. And frankly, the run got really started by the Phillies because all respect to the union, and I mentioned them out of respect, there's not the same environment as when the Phillies are winning. There was a great picture circulating on social media this weekend with the Eagles celebration around Broad Street going on, and it was juxtaposed with the Phillies celebration from months earlier outside of City Hall here in Philadelphia with the red lights for the Phillies going to the World Series and the green lights for the Eagles going to the Super Bowl. And it was just a reminder of how lucky we've been over the past couple months in the city. And you know what? I think about Boston. I think about the Tom Brady run. 
And everyone looks at the Patriots when they think about that stretch of Boston sports. But if you were in Boston or if you hated Boston, like like myself and a lot of people from this area, you know that it wasn't just the Patriots. Sure, the Patriots were a dynasty. But the Celtics got one in 2008 with Doc Rivers, who's in the city now, who we'll talk about in a second. The Bruins got a couple. The Red Sox got a couple. Meanwhile, the Patriots are just being dominated. You would see players from the Red Sox at Patriots games, and you'd see players from the Patriots at Celtics games, and you'd see players from the Celtics at the Bruins games, and there would be this cross-pollination that I firmly believe breeds success. Athletes talk to each other. They have relationships. It's not like they're going out to brunch every single day and their best friends intermingling with the different teams, but when they go to each other's sporting events, they interact, they talk to them. There's a a bit of a one-upping if you will, a friendly competitive spirit, like you better believe Eagles players who watched the Philadelphia Phillies run were thinking, okay, that's what the city is like when a team can win. We're not going to let them have all the fun. We're going to make a deep playoff run and hopefully win a Super Bowl. And you know what? I mentioned Doc Rivers, who's now in this town coaching the Sixers. The Sixers are damn good right now. One of the best teams in the NBA. And they're watching this Eagles run saying, okay, well, the Eagles are probably going to bring home a Super Bowl. How are we going to follow up that effort? How are we going to make that deep run into the summer while the Phillies are getting kicking and getting us to July and everything like that? But how are how are we, the Sixers, going to make a championship run of our own? And they're capable of it. They absolutely are. It's a passing of the baton. And it should make you feel good about the Philadelphia Phillies coming up this summer. I know, I know you think, and the smart thing would be to say, well, they don't affect each other. The basketball team having success doesn't affect the baseball team having success. And to some extent, you're right. Probably to a large extent, you're right. But there is part of it where you see success from different organizations and it breeds a culture of winning in this city. Look over the past couple months and you'd be hard-pressed to find a single city in North American sports that is more blessed than Philadelphia, has better momentum than Philadelphia, and has a more ravenous fan base than Philadelphia. And that continues to grow with every single season that ends with a championship run or a deep playoff run or a championship victory. And the Phillies might have gotten it started. The Union kept it going. The Eagles have kept it going. The Sixers look poised to be able to make a good run at keeping it going. And then, hey, guess what? Well, the Flyers aren't all that good right now, but it's back to the Phillies to make another one. And it's a nice circular build of momentum for the city. Something that's great. Now, I talked about the teams and what happened. Coming up, we're going to talk about how it happened and the major players and how they interact among the cities, teams, and everything going on. So the coaches and the players and how they have an impact and juxtapose it with what happened with the Phillies and Rob Thompson and their superstars during the World Series run this fall. We'll discuss coming up on Locked on Phillies. All right, let me tell you about my friends over at FanDuel Sportsbook. This year, the only app you need at your Super Bowl Bowl party is FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. We're really excited about our new sports betting partner for Locked On because they're the number one sportsbook in America, FanDuel. If you're new to FanDuel, that's even better. They have so many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy. Download FanDuel now so you can bet Super Bowl 57 with a no-sweat first bet. You get up to $3,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. FanDuel lets you bet on everything from the money line to point spreads to who will score a touchdown. And I'll tell you what I like. It might sound crazy. I'll tell you this every single time. If you heard yesterday's episode, you know already I love the coin toss. I'll give you my pick in a, a little bit, but 
I love the coin toss. I've hit it six years in a row. That's where I'd be using my no sweat first bet. But there's a lot of great bets on either the birds or Kansas City. However you want to use your money. Maybe a same game parlay. Best of all, you can get paid your winnings instantly. So join FanDuel today at FanDuel.com slash locked on to claim your no sweat first bet on Super Bowl 57. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. Okay, so who have some of the big players been in this run of success for Philadelphia? Well, let's start with the Philadelphia Phillies and then draw everything back to them. It really started a couple years ago when Bryce Harper got into the city. I I know it takes a while for the dividends to pay, but you look at the other teams, right? How long has it taken for Joel Embiid to make a championship run? He still hasn't, and he's been here how long? Nearly like pushing up closer to a decade. He's closer to a decade than he is further away from it at this point. Uh, Jalen Hurts was drafted three years ago. Now he's in the Super Bowl. I mean, it, it takes a while for that to develop. And Bryce Harper was signed. And then you have to build some more guys around him and get this team to a level where they're ready to compete. And you don't just have one superstar. But yeah, it starts with Bryce Harper. And then you you also have guys like J.T. Romuto. You have Reese Hoskins, who's homegrown. You bring up some young guys like Alec Bohm and Bryson Stott. But trust me, you do not get Kyle Schwarber and Nick Cassianos if Bryce Harper isn't here. You do not sign Trey Turner this offseason if Bryce Harper isn't here. It all starts with Bryce Harper, and that is the nucleus of the Philadelphia Phillies building a championship contender. Uh, it's important, and you can see around the city, people want to play here in Philadelphia. Trey Turner took less money to come to Philadelphia over San Diego. He left more money on the table from that team, and he decided he wanted to play because they're a championship contender here. They are in San Diego too, but he saw the fan base. He saw how they embraced this team during the World Series run. He saw Bryce Harper here, who he knows. He saw Kyle Schwarber here, who he knows from their time and crossover in Washington. And, They said, hey, let's go ahead. Let's get it done in Philly. Kyle Schwarber wanted to be here. Nick Castellanos wanted to be here, and they hadn't even seen it yet. They had seen Bryce Harper and knew that he was a guy capable of carrying a team deep into the playoffs because of his skill level. That's an important thing. I mean, you look at the Eagles this year, and it's more of a good job by Howie Roseman to bring in a bunch of players on contracts that play out very well, but they had a a great culture. And I think a lot of people saw the A.J. Brown trade uh, with him coming to Philadelphia from the Tennessee Titans and said, hey, A.J. Brown, Jalen Hurts, really good friends. Kind of Hurts has become – now, he wasn't always. It wasn't as obvious because Harper was incredible down in Washington with the Nationals for years, and he was a prodigy. But Hurts has become that Harper-esque guy that guys are going to want to play with. And part of it played in this offseason to some guys like Hassan Reddick signing here, to Kaiser White signing here, to James Bradbury signing here, to going out and making the trade for Chauncey Gardner-Johnson and him being happy to be here in Philadelphia, still looking down the barrel of needing a new contract. Like, all this stuff factors in. You look at the Sixers. James Harden taking less money to want to be here and play with Joel Embiid. For P.J. Tucker to want to end up being here, who's been a part of a championship team in the past. For Montres Harrell to want to be here. Veterans want to play with these guys. It's great. So I guess the three-headed monster, because they're not really one for the Flyers, but the three-headed monster in Philadelphia of those guys is Harper, Hertz, and B. Guys that have been here, taken a while to really reach their potential, but when they get there, people want to play with them. And you see the uh, the results of that. So that's another juxtaposition. And you could say that, well, yeah, Bead was here first, but Harper was the first big free agent to come here to Philadelphia to say, hey, I'm choosing you. 
And then James Harden always said it wanted, he wanted to be here, but he chose Philadelphia. Trey Turner chose Philadelphia. You got guys all over the place. A.J. Brown wanted to be here, but you have Hassan Reddick, who's been arguably the best defensive player in football that chose Philadelphia. I know he's a local guy, but still, it wouldn't just be coming to the Eagles if they stunk. You need to put a winner out on the field to get a player of that caliber. And, yeah, so that factors in. And you know what keeps them here is great coaching. Rob Thompson and what he did with the Philadelphia Phillies was incredible, turning that team around from where Joe Girardi had them and helping them on a World Series run. He's as important to that team as any player on the field was because he got them to play together and he got the mentality right in the clubhouse and everything. Nick Sirianni, another guy that guys on the Eagles love to play for. Doc Rivers, uh, we might have issues with him. The Sixers blew a huge lead last night and people rip Doc left and right for that. He's a guy that you'll get veterans to play for because he's won a world championship. He was part of, I talked about the Celtics when they won back in 2008 in Boston in that run. Yeah, he was the coach of that team. So he's got the pedigree. It's important to have good coaches in these towns. Jim Curtin at the Union, another one. So that when players get in here, they're not just, one, they're not misused. When they're put in the right position to success, to find roles, and that starts with the coaching staff and everything there, but that they're retained, that they, they don't, become disgruntled, that they don't think, okay, well, I signed this huge contract, but I don't know, man, I'm going to force my way out, or I'm not going to play up to my potential here. My morale is too low. No, that's on the coaches to go ahead and make sure that you've got everything squared away, that these players are being used in the right way and you're making everyone gel. And uh, Rob Thompson is probably what I would say the best example in the city because of how he turned around the team so quickly. Nick Sirianni took two years to turn around the team. Rob Thompson took, <laughs> it seemed like, two months to turn around that team to get to the point where they were playing good enough baseball to make it in the playoffs and then go on a deep run. But still, uh, you see it in the coaches feed off each other. Uh, I see Rob Thompson all the time at Flyers games. I know Doc Rivers watches the Eagles. I know Nick Sirianni is always wearing his shirts for the Flyers and the Sixers and the Phillies. And you see the cross-pollination. You see union players at the Eagles celebration the other night because they were at the game. It, it all breeds success, but that's basically the benefit that Philadelphia's had. And they're so good in so many spots. Great players and stars, great coaches. And coming up next, we're going to give a nod to a couple of great executives. Because really, the teams that we're talking about, you, you can see the difference. And it's not to take a super bad shot at the Flyers, but... They're a bad organization right now, a really bad one. And for every good thing that I've mentioned about the other three teams in the city and why the Phillies and Eagles and Sixers are where they are and part of a championship caliber success organization, like successful organization, you could point to the Flyers as them not having that. They don't have the superstar player that everybody wants to play with. Quadru was never totally that guy, and they never really got him help, but he's gone now, and they don't have a player on the team of that caliber at this moment. They kind of have the coach in John Tortorella, but it's too early for him to make an impact, and they definitely don't have the GM in Chuck Fletcher. So, yeah, you're looking at a situation where other teams in baseball don't have this, and they pale in comparison to the Philadelphia Phillies and what's going on here. But it is a cyclical thing. It's a cultural thing. And while it plays in with the manager and the players on the field, maybe you could make the argument that it starts with the folks in the front office who hire all these people and make these decisions along with the ownership group who we'll give a nod to as well. And that's where the ethos of all of this truly is. We'll give the nod to some executives coming up 
as we wrap up this Philly special episode of Locked on Phillies. Are you craving something healthy? You craving something that tastes good? Let me tell you a little bit about Built Bar. Okay, we just got through the holidays. I know my goal, lose a little bit of weight, eat better. I'm sure there's a lot of people out there like me. Well, you got to try Built Bar. With Built, healthy is actually tasty. They're amazingly delicious. Listen to this. 100% real chocolate. Yes, real chocolate covers every Built Bar. Some of these flavors are amazing. Churro, peanut butter brownie, coconut almond. I'm not sure how Built Bar does it, but the numbers on those two, only 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 17 grams of protein. That's wild. There's four times more grams of protein than there are grams of sugar. More than that, actually. More than four times. That's great. Now you don't need to wait around to get a box before you'd have to order them, wait for the mail to send them. No. Now you can go to your local Walmart, go to your Sam's Club. Walmart, they'll have them in the pharmacy section. Sam's Club, you can find them where you get your other protein bars, and you can get a 13-bar box at Sam's Club if you want to go in bulk, four-bar boxes at Walmart. It's so easy. Go ahead and get a built Bar, meet your New Year's goals, and thank me later. All right. Let's round out with a nod to some executives in this town because, man, Dave Dombrowski, first of all, we talked about it in our Hall of Fame episode. He's going to be a baseball Hall of Famer one day because he's been that good. And he really was the one that pushed the Phillies over the top, right? Uh, You could say Rob Thompson turned around a team, but the team already had talent because Dave Dombrowski assembled a team that had talent. He signed Kyle Schwarber. He signed Nick Castellanos. He went ahead and took care of business last year, retooling the entire organization and the minor league development so that you can bring up prospects like Bryson Stott and so you can have the top pitching prospect in baseball and Andrew Painter. Uh, he, he made these decisions to build to save this organization for, from, frankly, what Matt Klintak did, and he put the Phillies in a spot to compete for the World Series. Howie Roseman has done that multiple times with the Eagles now, and he comes back from the brink of people wanting him fired to – He's absolutely trusted now by doing a similar thing to Dombrowski, building an organization, squaring things away. Now, he was the one who created the problems before, but a rapid rebuild to get you much faster than the Phillies 10-year rebuild. But if you just look at the time that Dombrowski was here, a rapid turnaround for him as well. The Sixers, not quite the same situation, but Daryl Morey and Elton Brand, who were a joint at the top of that front office, deserve some props as well for getting James Harden here and making that trade. I mean, it starts with the executives overall and trusting coaches ring it, trusting Doc Rivers and know he's going to, going to be a proven veteran coach that you can sell veteran free agents and trade targets on. It's hiring Nick Sirianni is something that Howie Roseman and Jeffrey Lurie combined on that looks like an absolute win since basically the moment he took over after that first press conference. Uh, choosing Rob Thompson. I know a lot of people wanted Dusty Watham when Joe Girardi was fired. I didn't know Rob Thompson was in consideration. I wouldn't have picked him. I didn't know who Rob Thompson really was, and I'm someone who covered the damn team. So what a decision by Dave Dombrowski and John Middleton to make that call. And shout out to the Harris Blitzer group over there with uh, the Sixers that run everything. And then you point to the Flyers and not great ownership and not great um, not great front office folks over there, and they're a team that's still stuck in the mire. So credit to the executives and the ones who have made the moves and brought everything in. I think the Eagles are probably the gold standard because they've been dominant all year long. This is essentially if like the Phillies won 115 games and then just ran through the damn playoffs and beat, swept everybody and went to the World Series as the favorite. So I can't say the Phillies are the number one standard in this town, but they're number two. 
The World Series run was incredible, and they have superstars left and right, and they're super talented. And when the Eagles season is done, the baton will be passed to the Sixers. And when the Sixers finish up their playoff run, whenever it may be, this city's attention will turn back to the Philadelphia Phillies at Citizens Bank Park and a brand-new great shortstop and Bryce Harper coming back and everything ready for another deep playoff run. It's been a fun couple of months here in Philadelphia, and the best part, look at these guys. Joel Embiid, still a couple years left. Uh, I mean, Jalen Hurts, the youngest quarterback in Eagles history to make it to a Super Bowl, incredibly young, 24 years of age. Uh, Bryce Harper, still very much in his prime. There's no sign of this slowing down at all. It's a great time to be a Philadelphia sports fan. It's a great time to be a Philadelphia Phillies fan. And it's a great time for the Phillies to feed off of what's going on in this city and how excited this fan base is day in and day out about every single one of their darn teams, minus the Flyers, but another ricochet shot in there. It's a great time. And I just wanted to go through that and take a step back and think about the run the city's been on, the run the Phillies went on to help spark it, and the vibe of this fan base that has so much crossover between the teams and what it's like to be here right now. That's all for today's special episode of Locked on Phillies. I want to thank you for making Locked on Phillies your first listen every day. Now make your second listen Locked on MLB Prospects. Lindsey Crosby does great work covering prospects and a lot of breaking news about who's ranked where in the new MLB Prospects rankings. He's got so much great information coming out. Check out Lindsey's work over on Locked on MLB Prospects wherever you get your podcast, YouTube, Odyssey app, all that good stuff. That's where you can find Locked on Phillies as well. Make sure you're rating, reviewing, subscribing, doing all those good things. I appreciate it, and I will talk to you on our next episode of Locked on Phillies.